0: Hey there, folks. Welcome to the inaugural episode of my brand new podcast, Please Unfriend Me Now, uh, as opposed to my uh, more recent new podcast, which is called The Ramble Transmissions. Uh, This is a podcast where I actually sit down and I chat with uh, various people that I love, uh, admire, I'm inspired by. Uh, primarily, these are these are people I know in real life, and some of them have been dear friends of mine for many, many years. Uh, one of them is the, the person I'm closest to the most, and I'll I'll leave that little mystery for another date. Um, but I really wanted to. When I decided, I wanted to finally. When I finally decided that maybe I do want to do sort of an interview podcast type of thing. I had done all of these. Uh, interviews, especially during the COVID stuff. Uh, I was asked to do a lot of podcasts, uh, a lot of interviews uh, through podcasts, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I listened to a ton of podcasts, and I just think it's a great medium. And I guess I, I was a little nervous about the idea of being an interviewer, um, but once I kind of gotten the idea that, hey, I can just have conversations like, like a normal person with other normal people, right? And uh, we'll just record it and we'll share it with the world. So that's what we're doing here with this particular podcast. And I think, um, I think that you'll find, as I do, um, that many of the people that I do sit down and talk with are just absolutely wonderful, brilliant, talented, funny, sexy, um, driven, just, just amazing people. Uh, very inspirational. They certainly inspire me. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Uh, some of the people, y- the names you'll know of, some of the people you won't. Um, but I don't think it really matters. I think that the key here is that these are all uh, just, just beautiful individuals, um, just quality and and uh, the, the salt of the earth uh, and I think I think you're really gonna enjoy some of these conversations now I did uh, initially I had planned to launch this podcast on my birthday which is March 24th of this year and um, there were a couple of setbacks just just technical logistical there kind of some stuff that needed to be ironed out that I just couldn't quite do in time uh, and I admittedly it kind of put a damper on it for me. I kind of, I didn't lose interest. I just got a little, uh, I got the wind knocked out of me. It was my own fault. It was nobody else's fault. I don't even know if it was a fault. Um, I just got a a, a sense of, man, maybe I don't need to do this. You know, I I already do too many other things that I don't need to be doing. Why am I doing this? But I really felt strong about doing this and and I wanted to do it. I don't know how, for how long this will go. go. Right now we've got about uh, 11 or 12 Episodes in the can, as they say, and I'm really very, very happy with them. And if if, if I only do these and release these, then I'm I, I feel pretty good about uh, that little contribution to the planet. Um, it's it, it's just for fun, and and I I really have enjoyed uh, thoroughly enjoyed talking with the people I've I've, I've talked to. Uh, I struggled a little bit with how I was going to launch this. I had a very specific plan as to what my episode one was going to be, um, and, it, and it was a very personal, uh, heart-related thing that I, I just had it in my mind. And I thought, if I can pull this off, this is going to be the greatest uh, for me, for my own personal journey. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. Uh, no fault of anybody's. It just didn't quite mesh. Um, so then I had to restructure how I thought about how I would introduce this podcast. Not that it's a big deal. Not that the world's going. What has he got planned? What has he got planned? But I did really want to make it very, very special. And so uh, I, you know, I went one direction. I thought that could be perfect. And then I went another direction. I thought that that too could be perfect. Um, any of these, uh, any in any of the folks that I spoke with could have been easily been episode one or episode ten. It doesn't matter. They're all great. Uh, but I decided to go with somebody who I consider a dear friend and just a major source of uh, inspiration, um, entertainment. He's he's funny as hell, um, just very brilliant and inspirational and, and that's my buddy Chris Sherry. Chris, for those who don't know, is an amazing graphic designer, artist, painter, drawer he, he 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 can work in any medium and he just he, he just makes everything just go um he's been in bands before he's done fanzines uh, he's a great photographer um he he's done so much work for so many bands i can't even name the bands uh, he's done uh, merch stuff album cover stuff uh, flyer designs uh, primarily, he is uh, known as the Descendants' uh, artist at arms. I came up with that term. Uh, he does a lot of work for the Descendants, uh, and you 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 know him, his stuff the minute you see it. Um, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a teacher. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm skipping a few things, uh, but he's one of the nicest and most energetic people I've ever met, and also one of the biggest m- uh, music supporters I've I've ever met. He's incredible. Uh, I hope you enjoy episode one of my new podcast please unfriend me now i promise i'm these these intros will not be this long uh but please enjoy it my friend my talk with chris sherry welcome my friend hey how's it going i'm doing pretty good thanks (laughs) you're you're looking well what do you what do you think of of my sign i I love it yeah i thank you is that
1: was that is that one of those ones that it's it's kind of like the ones outside of the like the the truck stop and you just put the the letters and stuff in
0: Yeah, yeah, you just... Did
1: you have that at the Riving Loom?
0: I did, and I'll tell you what... Oh, yeah,
1: and it lights up, too.
0: Yeah, well, this one's special because it lights up different. You can kind of get different colors. It doesn't matter, but... I think we have one of those, too, somewhere. I don't know. Well, you know what's cool, and what sucks about it is when I moved out of my last studio, I had that in the window... So that was the only way that you'd know, like people who are coming for whatever events, you could just see it right up in the corner window outside. Just one of these just a ribbing loom. And I left it behind when I moved because I the, the curtains were down. Not a big deal. But what was funny is if you go to Google, if you go to go- Google uh, Street View or Maps, you literally can pull into that little funky lot and you can look up and you can see the little sign. And it's a m- reminder every time that if I don't know why I have to go and look at it, but it just reminds me I, I love the sign. So, yeah, I had to buy a new one. And these things are kind of there. I don't know why you used to find it for like five bucks at like the dollar store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but Not now there, there's a short. There must be some kind of weird shortage of them because they're, if you go online, they're like 15 bucks. I got this for seven, so I, I, I did okay.
1: Dude, we, we took out the back seat, the very, very back seat of our van, and um, we there's pins that that attach in there, and the pins we took out, and then mm-hmm. we've been since moving artwork in and out, and they must have gotten lost in the shuffle or put somewhere, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, they can't be too difficult to find, right? So I got on, on eBay, took a look, and sure enough, you can find them real easy, but- Fifty bucks.
0: Oh, okay, for a set yeah. of
1: these things, and they're just bent L's. And I was like, you know what? The Fifty bucks is worth my time and energy. Yeah, like I, I, I imagine you do the same thing. I get so hung up on like obsessing over where is this. I I tear the entire house apart and and yeah. everything I can to think of, and it's not pleasant for anybody in the house because like I I'm a one track mind.
0: Yeah yeah it sucks and and i i mean i've been to your guys' place like you guys have stuff you it's a very comfy you got stuff everywhere but it seems organized if you go to our oh, yeah. house it looks kind of like what what that this looks like behind me it's just boxes on top of like you know ma- uh envelopes on top of cds like it's yeah. just nothing's orderly it's not filthy it's just messy and and unorganized so yeah to try to find stuff it just, it just really.
1: So it was worth it. I mean, I just, I went, oh, that's that's pricey for something like that, but yeah. I, I need to just do it. So I yeah, I, and and I just put them in, so I feel really good.
0: And it's good. At least you got it, and you don't have to worry about it and all that. I'm stuff. I'm being
1: an adult. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, really lately, we've been like really on top of things. It, it, feels, it feels good. It feels really it,
0: good. It does. It does. And yes, the sense of accomplishment. Uh, what an accomplishment! Well, I'm telling you the little things, but it, it means more to me than it ever did. Like I find the littlest things that Alice and I talk about this all the time, you know, like when you even if it's like a, you make a note to like. Uh, a good example is we had in our living room, we just had just stacks of Amazon boxes and I I don't know why we didn't break them down. We could have easily just, just while talking, we could have been, but we just didn't, we let, we let them stack. And then we started to like trying to move them so we can make more room for the, uh, you know, upcoming like stupid, really dumb shit. And I'm like, I'm like thinking we're adults. Like we don't I, you know we don't have kids that can do it for us. The dogs are worthless when it comes to that. So I just got the box cutter on the ones that I had to tear, you know, and and it feels good. I got that done and I was like, I did my good thing for the day for the house.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. What a hell of a start to a podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is this is uh please unfriend me now. And I don't I don't I don't want you to unfriend me. I'm oh look, I'm wearing your I'm That's wearing nice. the Chris Sherry. Let's see if we can make the uh, and never mind
1: and with um yeah 20.
0: with the Willie brace um but yeah yeah i you i told you before you were on my i made a short list of folks i wanted to talk to right outside the gate like going right out and you were on that and i consider you a a a close personal friend and a great guy and a great artist and a great family man and a dad and a teacher you do everything you're like a renaissance man
1: I am. I am. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how that wound up happening, but it's nice. I mean, and for me, I like making sure that like all of that stuff is balanced pretty good. Cause yeah. if you, it just seems to me like if, if you ignore one of them, like everything falls apart and then like, you can't do anything well.
0: Mm. So were you, all, were you always like that when, like when you were younger, did you like dabble in different things? No, I didn't
1: have a family when I was younger. I waited.
0: <laughs> but well yeah which is a good move and like me you know really i was 13 i was 13 and i had my first born you know and there's yeah, been yeah, seven yeah. since then so no, no i but, don't Go yeah go ahead no i just you know i wonder do, are, were you always because i kind of always was like i always said i was like a dabbler i'd get into something for a little while and then i kind of maybe set it aside because I get an, another interest and then I try to balance them all. And sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I suck, but that goes back to when I was a teenager yeah. same with you. Did, were you like, uh, were you always kind of like into just doing a bunch of stuff keeping?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, my, my biggest obsession when I first started getting into music was skating too. So mm. like it was, it was, skating and and doing artwork and listening to music and if i could go see bands going seeing bands so those were like i and i stuck with those guys for like a really really long time and that just kind of blossomed into where i am right now but i do go on you know like avenues where i'm like super into robots for a while or i'm super into like hawaiian shirts for a while and super super into like finding you know vintage adidas track suits and stuff yeah
0: yeah so there's always something. Do you have, do you find it hard to balance? Like, because you you're you're a teacher, you you are a, a husband and a father. Is it hard to balance all that stuff? Because you do it's a not. lot. Like like it goes out to the public, you know? Like. Yeah,
1: it, it can be. And I mean, it it was for a while when when our son, Sam, was first born. Um, I was really, really, really busy doing my school stuff. That was when I first got introduced to the drama um, stuff that I do now at high school. And um, I spent so much time there. And I, I got to a point where I was like, this is too much. And Lori and I talked about it. And you know, she was like, I, I don't want kids to feel like they got more from you than our own kid did.
0: Mm, and like that wow. really.
1: Me. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. I I need to be there for these students of mine, but they should they shouldn't know me better or have a better relationship than my son. So I mean, it is hard to balance at times, but I always go, All right, well, if I'm making time for Lori and Sam. That's that's the main thing. And yeah. um they're always really good. Like both of them are really, really good about like working too and they'll they'll keep themselves busy. So yeah. if I'm here and I'm doing something, chances are they're they've got something to occupy their time. So I think we're all in on it. It's not just me. I mean we're
0: well, all it that's a. Am- I was going to ask, like, because Lori is super f- creative and talented in art stuff. D- it- 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 does Sam interest? I d- does Sam have an interest in all that? He does a little bit. Um,
1: you know, he's he's more interested in like taking photographs and stuff. And um, you know, he's got he's got a really super creative mind, but his fine motor skills had been affected early on, and mm-hmm. because of that, you know, he he kind of like regrets the 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 fact that he's he's not going to have great motor skills and i think Mm. you know in some ways that's that's been an obstacle for i mean he hasn't been thrilled with the fact that he can't just sit down and and draw or spend time drawing the way that you know Mm. might do stuff like that so you know he he is super super creative but not in like the physical making of the art but he does do a lot of photographs and stuff like that and he is. Incredible like helper. So if Laurie or I are doing any art shows or anything like that, he's great at organizing and getting stuff together and
0: helping us hang things. And yeah,
1: he's he's a really good second banana.
0: He's really which is. I mean that that having someone like that in your life who's into it, man, I'd 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 love it. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, I know it's great because Lori was was just getting everything ready together for her art show, um, her first solo show down in Southern California, and while she was doing that, you know, she would get finished with a piece and she'd need to get it stretched, but she'd also need to get a frame for it. And if she didn't have a frame already, we've got a frame guy that's you know just right around the corner from us. And she'd give the stuff to Sam and just say, "Go on down, pick out a frame." And he's excellent at that. I mean, he he knows wow. he's got a good eye. So that's you know, good. she one hundred percent trusts him to you know find something that's going to work for the piece. Yeah. So he's he is really very creative, but in a different sort of way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's still yeah. useful and it's still yeah. I'd, oh, it's super it's useful. Awesome, man. That's great. So, um, oh, I was gonna. I, I always want to ask, like on a on a scale of like one to ten, how good of a skater. Do you think you are now or, or when I was, well, young? yeah. When you first started, were you just like a hardcore, like you, oh, were? I was a
1: hardcore skater, but I, I wasn't great. Um, I, you know, at, at the time I would say six or a seven.
0: Okay. Were you, were you so want like you do ramps and all that? Oh stuff? yeah. I mean, wow. I was,
1: again, I wasn't great at a half pipe. I mean, what I really, really liked was, um, ditches and, um, you know, street skating, that was really for me and um there were some some skate spots that we would go to in london that were just incredible and um i mean that's kind of like where i kind of grew up skating was in england and um the area where we lived when we first were in the little village in england there i mean you couldn't skate anywhere because the streets were like so bumpy so you would have to go someplace like you know the the towns that were close to us were like felixstowe and ipswich and then we go into london and there were proper skate places so like ditches and bowls and stuff like that that that's the kind of stuff that i was like super into.
0: i was i i would i would rate me probably about a nine uh Well, and not today, skating, but judging skate contests. Like <laughs> I did, a, I did a lot of that and I got really good at it. And people would always ask me to do it. You know, Steve and I were always, there'd be like a little skino skate contest. And they'd say, can we get seven seconds on? Yeah. And I was, I got asked back. So I think I'm, I'm about a nine.
1: Right on. Right on. That's cool. Well, you know, and it's, it's funny. Cause like once a skater, always a skater, you know, like I, I, that's I, what I say. I can't help but you know take my fingers along things and just like pretend I'm grinding. Really, them. oh, I do. And we'll be driving, and it's so stupid. We'll be like in down in L. A. and I'm I'm driving and I'm looking at
0: embankments. So oh yeah, I can see that. I want
1: to skate that. And like it's so bad now that like you know Lori and Sam are they they totally recognize that I do this, and Sam would be like ah, that'd be pretty good to skate, right? you yeah. know like <laughs> and
0: I'm like yes it would and they're not mocking you they're just sort of looking at they're not you know, well, so I don't know. there's maybe I a little bit of a mock mockery but, right, right. Uh,
1: but good-natured yeah. but I, I, you know, I still I look at stuff like that and and um you know it's just a different way of looking at the world because sure. you know, you're you're looking at a crack in a sidewalk and you're going oh man I could launch off that or yeah
0: I never understood that I all my friends were always like the best skaters and I, I they'd go they you could see that they were focusing in like we'd walk we'd be walking around to go get something to eat and they'd see an alley and there was some crazy like weird thing where they and they'd just be like obsessing over it and I'd be like I don't I've been robbed of that I'll never understand that excitement of because I I was never a skater and I tried I tried
1: it's cool too because like you can go into especially like in cities or things like that and if you see like markings on walls you know that's a skate spot you know, oh, okay. You know right. There's there's an area. Yeah, I mean there's there's telltale signs of it all over the place, you know, like I'll
0: never a, recognize a that
1: waxed a curb or something. Yeah. See that and you know, just skid marks places. It's it's cool.
0: Yeah, it's a whole it's thing. Like a
1: secret world, secret language.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So you go you go where 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 did you grow up? Where, where like when you where were you born? So I was born
1: in Charleston, South Carolina. So That's right. American by birth, Southern by the grace of God. <laughs> so yeah, Charleston, South Carolina. But we lived there for maybe six months, and then my family was from upstate New York. And um, so that that was for a long time when we were young. That was kind of like home base. Okay. And, um, like Whitney Point, Johnson City, um, that sort of area. No, you're
0: um, you're a military brat. You're
1: a, a- yeah my dad my when I was when I got started, my dad was in the Navy and then he got out and he got into the Air Force and um he was enlisted in the Air Force for a while and then he got out to go to officer training school and then went back in so we moved a lot but gotcha. his family and my mom's family were were both from upstate New York so oftentimes we'd kind of gravitate back towards there but by no means would I consider myself like you know, from New York, or you know, any of that kind of stuff. So we lived there. We lived in New Jersey. We lived in Texas. We lived in Germany, uh, and then all of high school was in England. So wow, we, we moved a, a fair amount, which was great. I mean, I just felt like, and you know how that is when you when you do kind of move, you have to just be a little bit more gregarious, uh, unless you just want to stay home and just like not have friends. You kind of have to put yourself out there. So I think because of that background i mean it kind of helped make me very comfortable talking to people that i don't That's necessarily great. know and um you know just comfortable in
0: in new environments yeah yeah so uh you were in high school and is that when you started skating when you were in high school
1: um i started right before i moved to england okay so right before our high school um we were living in new jersey and uh family friends of ours had given me like a a really skinny wooden board and it was it was a proper board you know it wasn't like you know a little cheap plastic one we had those but that first wooden board was like my introduction to you okay this is something a little bit more real and when we got to england you know i had gotten my first proper board which was a vision agent orange you know board because of course it's going to be that right right and then that was it. I mean, I was I was hooked. So that was like freshman year of high school, like 80, 84.
0: Okay, okay. I I had an eighty four. Someone turned me on to my my roommate was a, a great skater, and he gave me his old. It was a Santa Cruz Dwayne Peters board. Oh sure, you still it have like, it? Yes, I do. I have it in store. I yeah. think I do still. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I I had to think for a second. But it was just so wide, and I thought I tried to do the little skinny decks but i i just didn't like it so the wide ones made a little more sense but i still sucked at it but um but was there like a skate that i guess so in 84 was there a pretty strong skate you know or or when you were not not in england i mean it was weird because like like i said we moved and we were living in a
1: small village and you really couldn't mm. skate hardly anywhere because the, yeah. the streets were just so rough um but i i mean i would try on like the the sidewalks and stuff the air force base that we were at that you could skate on because it was you know it was more paved and you know everything yeah. was pretty okay so i i did you know like take my board onto the base and skate but then you have like the security police that are everywhere right. and so that became a problem of like well, where do you skate and you know we figured out when the when the hospital closed there was nobody around there and security didn't need to go around there and there were painted curbs so that kind of became like a, a go-to spot right. um, but there was there was um, the town of Felixstowe was a seafront community. And they had uh, this is called a leisure center. It's, it's basically like a big pool. And I think they had like, you know, tennis um, areas in there. But around there, it was like a boardwalky sort of thing like Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go and we'd skate around there. And they had a half pipe and uh, a cement bowl that were leftovers from the 70s. Yeah, wow. so we'd go and we'd skate on that stuff, and they actually did have like a pretty good scene there. And uh, in Ipswich, there were things to skate too, and that's where the Stupids were from. And like when I that's met right. those guys, that's kind of when like skating and and like you know hardcore really came together in my backyard because they were they were just friends of mine. They were people that I went skating with.
0: How were you uh, exposed to like punk rock and hardcore? How did wouldn't that all happen?
1: You know, it, I kind of came in like easy for, you know, like a lot of people does um, it was definitely Devo was one of the first bands that, that I like really obsessed over. And, um, you know, cause I had, I had seen the video for we're through being cool and that, you know, has the, the skating in it. And, um, okay. and it was, I mean, it blew my mind cause that was the first time that I'd seen people skating in like a half pipe or like in a bowl and stuff like that. and, so that was my introduction to like skate punk was through Devo.
0: Okay. And
1: I was like okay that's really cool but I didn't I really didn't know what to even call it and um then I got really into Billy Idol which of course leads you to Generation X mm. and you know, the Clash around about that time like around 82 you know, hearing Rock the Casbah and, and Should I Stay or Should I Go and going, this is better than the other music that I'm hearing. And um, I think that kind of got me excited. And then we moved to England in 84. I mean, there I was, you know, at, at kind of ground zero for, for punk rock. And I mean, I, I did my homework. I I mean, immediately it was getting The Clash's first album, Sex Pistols' first album, all the early Generation X stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I I really kind of understood where does this all come from? And then as I kind of started expanding, you know how it goes. You always want it, you know, like harder, faster, louder, right, right. hardcore. And then I'm, you know, I'm going, oh, man, I, I love all these bands from Southern California while I'm living in England. You know, like I discover it in the wrong place and I um, yeah there besides the stupids there wasn't much going on in england that sounded you know anything like american stuff
0: so the stupids were they were like kind of one of the earlier f- the uh, first in the scene in terms of like that hardcore style right they were oh in sure. england in england were, who, who were there other bands who were some of the other bands like
1: no not, were, not there- at that time but there were bands that kind of pretty quickly like got going um as far as i remember visions of change used to be called the depraved and Mm. they were kind of getting into that territory um but but then they they kind of quickly switched gears and and did this band called visions of change which was like almost like a semi-emo band like and i'm not using that in like a derogatory term but they were definitely more into like that revolution summer sort of thing um kind of bands that were associated with the stupids at the same time were a little bit more like that um the instigators um oh instigators were doing
0: yeah
1: it was a lot more like that and oh my god they were amazing and the then Instigators started, are right. and as soon as the the stupids like hit and wound up like on the cover of like sounds and enemy and stuff then there were all these other bands that started popping up like you know doctor and the crippins and you know everybody wanted to get associated with you know the skate punk thing so you yeah. know mind warp or posing with skateboards pop will eat itself you know stuff like that anybody you know who could go down to meanwhile's or or crystal palace and hold a skateboard out in front of them were claiming that that's what they were
0: yeah like, yeah
1: they're just posers
0: yeah you know uh, the world Death has always pose. been fine <laughs> <laughs> were you ever uh, were you, you ever get into soccer like uh, like the English no, soccer stuff? No, no, not
1: at all. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. played you know, with the kids in my village and there were a lot of kids that lived in the village where I did, we would go out and play. And, um, but it, I mean, it never really had like all that much interest for me. And mm-hmm. like, I definitely didn't want to go to any of the, the football matches. Cause everybody was telling me, you know, oh, they throw darts, you know, you're going to get a dart in the back of the head. And I'm right, right. like, really I was just a little, little guy. I was like the squirreliest, littlest kid. So I
0: was like, not, cut, getting, out, not cut out, not cut out for hooliganism.
1: No. No, not at all. And like you know, the other thing was is that like all of the like the really like tough skinheads and punks used to hang out on the steps of the the post office in Ipswich. Mm-hmm. Now was like our our big you know city that was close to us, and um just seeing them just out there just drinking their woodpecker cider and just doing nothing yeah, you know, but just like you know being somebody to look at made me go, I'm not really interested in that route. Like I don't I am not missing be like, much. No, I don't want to be this burnout. I don't want to be, you know, getting darts in my head at football matches.
0: Were people over there, uh, was that a little too early for the awareness of, like, straight edge, the whole straight edge thing? Or? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Uh, you know, and, and the stupids knew all about that sort of stuff. But, you know, they weren't, they weren't straight edge. They weren't, you know, claiming to be any of that kind of stuff. Um, but they, it was... It was getting started, and I, I remember, you know, I, I'd have X's on my hands, and and going into work at the post office, there were other GIs that were really young; they they were in their early twenties. You know, mm-hmm. they'd see this kid coming in with, you know, these black X's on his hands, and you know, of course, they just go, "Is that Satanism? You into you into like, <laughs> like because I have a black X on my hands? Yeah, like, you do with." satanism. So not that yeah, funny, that's yeah, what they yeah.
0: automatically go to.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean it was it was a weird time, you know, where people just didn't understand things and yeah. made wild assumptions. So I was, you know, very definitely like on that bandwagon really really early on and I did a lot of my my first early work was like doing it for straight edge zines that I just mm. you know do a drawing and send it to them and yeah, use it, I don't know.
0: When uh w- were you always into drawing were you always just were you doodling on shit and yeah and yeah and so
1: i i gotta show this to you sometime it's it's really pretty awesome when i was really really little this is pre-star wars so this is maybe i'm six years old it's like 76 or so um there were there weren't really many things that you could get if you if you were a little guy and you wanted like toys or stuff star wars did, wasn't making you know toys until like 78 right and, you know there were Mego figures. They were you know the dolls, the cloth dolls that were you know based on DC characters and Marvel characters, and those were cool, but they were kind of expensive. So we never had very much money, and I made paper dolls, and I you know I I make them of you know Hong Kong Fui and the Blue Falcon. Oh, uh,
0: cool! Wow. But, well, what
1: I did was I my grandmother had. Do you remember those spiral notepads that were all different colors?
0: Spiral notepads. Well,
1: there, was like a, there was glue on them and they kind of spiraled up. And so it was like orange and then it was green and then it was yellow. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. You're talking about the paper itself would be different color. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: so I would get those. And, and my grandmother was really cool about it. She was like, just go nuts. So I'd get, you know, kind of a, an orange one and I'd draw the body and then I'd, you know, get the red for, you know, captain marvel's costume and i'd cut it out and then i'd put tape on it and then i'd get you know yellow for his lightning bolt and then i'd cut that out and put that on right and i still have all these things oh at-
0: wow
1: they were really fairly remarkable for like a six or seven year old because I-, I didn't have anything and have so- you ever
0: post posted any photos of those or have you yeah, seen some- really some-
1: i don't think I've- i don't know if i've ever seen that that's I'll amazing I, to love it. I love it i love it I still yeah. have them in, in a, a lunchbox. I, I have them right here at the house. I mean, I know exactly where all that stuff is because that was that yeah. was what I played with. You know, I, I like I said, I didn't have much money, so my mom was always very very good at supplying me with crayons and paper. Yeah. And when we lived in Germany, she didn't speak German and she didn't have a job. My dad was in the air force, and so she would she would clean up the house in the morning which took like maybe 20 minutes because it was a very small house and we didn't have anything. Right. And then it was just like, well, what are we going to do? And so she'd, you know, my brother was in kindergarten, so he'd go off to school and she'd be home with me. And she'd be like, well, let's let's draw or let's color. That's and so cool. we just sit around drawing and coloring. And like my love of drawing 100% comes from like my mom. And then my dad wow. would go and at work, he worked close to where the motor pool was, where they'd, you know, like rent out all of the vehicles for the base. And the guys who worked there as mechanics were younger guys and they always had comic books. And so when the comic books, you know, they would be too old or they've read them all, they'd just give them to my dad and he'd bring them home to me. So I, I started when in Germany, you know, it's a combination of my mom's home and she doesn't have much to do. And Mm -hmm. so she wants to draw in color with me, my dad bringing home comic books. And, um, that's, that just fueled my, my imagination. And, you know, I, have been drawing ever since.
0: Which comp, what kind of, what comics were you into?
1: Fantastic 4 mainly was that was like that was like my favorite um mm. really really early on but Fantastic 4 Batman Super Friends um you know anything that they they brought me and I still have some of those comics that I got in like 75 75 incredible the the exact same ones still wow. the cover and and everything but they were like that was all I had so i mean i knew those things cover to cover
0: you would just sort of mimic the styles when you, oh, yeah. when you would just draw. Yeah, oh, were yeah. you um, because you like the pen is really your thing, right? You're yeah. like you, I mean, you. I know you. you know, of course, you paint, but do you have a? Do you like? Do you have a preference? Do you do you like to draw more than you? That's this right here is a sharpie? sharpie. Yeah, you're That's, the sharpie yeah.
1: master. It's really amazing. It, it's something that I'm, I'm so comfortable with. Um, and, and yeah, drawing is, is definitely like my forte, but oil painting. And I haven't, I mean, I know we talked about this before, but oil painting is something that I really, really love. And I just, I don't have the space
0: uh, to adequately do that and clean up anymore. It's, it's messy. It's, it's it so funky. Yeah. Um, that, that was always my thing too. that's why I, I, I went from to watercolors because it was easy and clean, but then the acrylic stuff, I, you know, the minute I knew I could just even wash that out of my clothes before it starts to set is right. But yeah, yeah. It's, it takes some space. Yeah. It does. Well, and what I really like is, you know, my, my dining room table is
1: where I do paint and that's where I do like the acrylic stuff. And I have a hairdryer that's plugged in. Yeah. I, you know, I don't need it for my head. So the hairdryer, I just, I use on my paintings so I can speed up the process. And yeah. you can't do that with oil. So, I mean, I, when I do paint now, I do acrylics, but drawing is is always, it's paramount. Like, that's the number yeah. one thing for me.
0: You can kind of tell, you know, it's just, it's so, you so masterful. I'm I'll always, it, no matter what, anytime I, you post something on social media where a new piece, I, I I'm so inspired. I'll always try to I'll always whip out a sharpie and try to draw something, <laughs> and I'm just like, I just he kills me. I hate it, but uh, you know, it's an inspirational thing, man. I I always love it. I I just have tried for years. Um, what about what's your how, what about like digital stuff? Are you you are you uh, do you hate that stuff? Are you embrace no, it? I, by no means do do I hate that or or anything. It's just
1: I there. I, I, this will sound really stupid, but the resistance that the, the pen or the pencil has on the paper yeah. is something that I really like. It's, it's probably a very akin to people going, well, no, the way a record sounds, you know, because right. of the needle in the groove, there is something about that. And in fact, when I'm working on like Sharpie drawings... I I only use, you know, like regular Sharpies. They they I don't use special ones or anything. And I I use the smoothest um computer copy paper that I can because it's got just enough tooth to to kind of give a little bit of resistance on the nib of the pen and mm. there's something about that resistance that feels right. And if I use good paper, if I use, you know, like um, Bristol board or stuff like that, it does, there's not the same drag and I can't produce the exact same type of lines.
0: I totally so get because
1: it. Of that, that real fine tuned thing. I, I prefer working, you know, just with, with physical things and mm-hmm. then scanning them in or whatever. And, and a lot of that too, goes back to, um, this inner, I, I probably told you about this before, but this interview with Jerry Dammers from the specials, And Jerry Dammers, uh, you probably know, created a lot of the look of the original Mm. two-tone records. Right. And he had said that even when he's doing like a strip of checkers, that he draws them by hand. Uh. There's something like organic and genuine about like the hand-drawn stuff that adds a a level of like authenticity and humanity in something that could be really sterile. Yeah. That really stuck with me. And I was like, damn that guy's onto like some big ideas. And so yeah. that, that thing in particular has always made me go, yeah, I really should be doing a lot of this stuff by my my own hand, scanning it at a computer and then manipulating it from there. But I, it it usually always starts with just hand stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. And cool. As long as you can see the digital stuff as a, as just another tool. Oh, or it is. Maybe it makes a little easier when you're doing specific work and it's like, yeah it took it took me a while i and i tried them but you know back when they just had the tablets with the you know the 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 stylus you know i, I it never felt right to me i'd be in like photoshop or whatever illustrator and i tried it and i'm like um have you messed around with like an ipad and the pencil you know the apple pencil no i haven't not at all and and i need to it's, because- it's a trip they like it, oh, they they've figured happened. out a way to make it feel like you're, you're dragging a pencil or you're dragging a, you know, not, it's not going to ever replace what you, you, the feeling you just described, but it's pretty, pretty cool, man. It, they're doing a pretty good job. Well, and <laughs> I
1: think, I think I need to, cause I don't, I don't ever want to be one of those people that's like a Luddite where you just, you know, poo poo anything. Right. Because that's, modern or, cause that's yeah. stupid. I mean, it's, it's, it's comical almost. And by no means do I want to do that. And, and as an educator, Like, I feel like I need to know uh, a bit about that because how how does that look if, you know, kids are going, hey, I do a lot of this stuff on an iPad and I'm going, iPad, what is that? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, it's stupid. So I need to, I need to, uh, you know, experiment a bit.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I, I would never, I'd never want to depend on just that, but I do enjoy getting better at that and having a better feel for it. Um, and, and just sometimes I just want to doodle, like I'm I'm laying literally on my bed and, and I don't want to turn on a light. So if I have my iPad right there, I don't have to turn shit on. I can just start, you know, and it's kind of, kind of a nice thing.
1: Well, and that's, that's a really, a nice benefit is that, you know, you don't need to be toting around a bunch of stuff with you and go, Mm -hmm. Oh, where did I leave that? Oh, I don't have the right, you know, eraser. I can't do it because, you know, I don't have my special pen with me or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you You've done so much friggin' work for so many bands. Uh, yeah. Like you, st- I mean, obviously, my own band. We've had we some of my favorite stuff has been stuff that you've created for us. But uh, the Descendants. I mean, would you say? I mean, you're, the Descendants is kind of like what you're known for, right? Or, oh, for sure. I mean, that's for the sure. that's the big. That's my
1: calling card. I mean, you know, I can tell people if they just go, "Hey, you," so what do you do? And and I can say, I'm the primary artist for the Descendants. Yeah. People go. Oh, okay. Right. I that, you know that's just a place of uh, like understanding, like, what do I do? Um, yeah. That'll be on my tombstone, I'm sure. And that's <laughs> good. I mean, I'm happy with that. Of
0: course. How did that all got, come, come about? How did you get hooked up with the de- descendants? So
1: that that happened via all. And so when, when descendants, you know, had lost Milo and, you know, they picked up, you know the various singers that they had worked with um they toured like crazy well like you guys did i mean they were out on the road all the time and living in england it was it was more difficult for you know american bands to get over there as you know and um so it it was it wasn't very frequent that you know american hardcore bands or punk bands were were touring england so for the Descendants initial run, they never made it over. And um, so when we moved back to the States, I was like, well, I don't care that the Descendants aren't playing, you know, all are, and they're my new favorite band. So yeah, and now it's all. So they came on through summer at 88, um, and I met them that summer and just kind of briefly. And then I think it was the, the following year, 89, I had done a flyer for them for a show in Fort Collins when I was going to school up there and Bill had seen it and wanted to meet the kid that did the drawing. Cause it was a character of the band. Mm-hmm. They're all coming out of a coffee cup. And um, so he, he said, um, hey, hey, yeah, you did that. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'd love to do some work for you. I mean, I know you guys tour a lot and you probably need stuff. Yeah. Okay. And I just went. All right, well, you know, Bill just agreeing just was my green light to do something that All I th- right. would be a T-shirt. So I did something and and just mailed it to him, and they used it for a tour shirt in in Europe, and they got back and they didn't have any shirts with them. And I was like, so you used it, and like I I didn't even get a shirt from this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cool. We want to use it again, so they use the same design for some other stuff. And um, I was like, "Whoa, this is this is rad!" Like my favorite band is is wanting me to do stuff, so yeah. I kept doing stuff. And you know, eventually, they wound up moving to Colorado, and you know, every time they'd come, we'd hang out a lot. And you know, the, the more that we got to know each other, the more we realized we really got along as friends. And you know, I I just didn't stop. I mean, I was drawing all. You the were time.
0: living in Colorado at the time. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. had moved there, and yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was just I was doing as much stuff as I could, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, they're going to be going out on tour, so I'm anticipating this. Let me do some stuff, and and you know, that was when I would mail stuff. I mean, I'd actually do the drawing and mail the actual drawing, and just go, yeah. cool, use it if you can. Uh, Which is but, I
0: think I still think it's one of the coolest things that ever happened in the underground music pop oh, rock yeah. hardcore scene like there were so many talented artists, just kids that yeah. loved the music and were huge fans, and they were just it, it, you know even more than like i want to get i want to get my name out there it was like I just want to somehow connect with my favorite bands, and that was a perfect way to do it you know if you if yes. you were nobody had a lot of money to spend and and so in that way what uh what other punk artists do you uh do, what who 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 do you, who'd you like? you know coming up like what were there so, any-
1: definitely at that time like when i was first starting to get into stuff i mean it was you know it's the, it's the big three i mean it was it was Pusshead, brian wallsby and Pettibone, you know oh those, yeah 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 yeah, those yeah. the three that more than anybody that that i associated with because that was what i was seeing in england via maximum rock and roll
0: yeah well Pettibone, i i agree it was funny i just found a bunch of what like, Bessie sent me a bunch of old flyers, Reno flyers from back in the day. And I did this thing where I'd have, I'd draw a character and then I'd have like a lot, li- it was a total petty bone ripoff. Like I was yeah. so into that. And it was a, cause I'd, I'd look at that and he'd have like a, it'd be like two people talking. And there was so, there was, there was no, it was such a mystery. Like what is yeah. this from? Is this from a, a like a book, a comic? tree? Right. And so I could totally back that style, but yeah, yeah. Oh Did yeah. You like, oh. Do you like, uh, like Nick Blinko? Did you ever like his stuff, rudimentary p stuff?
1: So as, mm-hmm. as a kid, um, I, I again associated that with the punks that were hanging out on the steps of the post office. Ah. And it was like, you know, whatever. And yeah. I didn't really take any of that stuff very seriously at the time.
0: Right.
1: Now, I mean, I think it's absolutely genius. It's crazy. Yeah. It is. Well, it, it kind of is. And, you know, Obviously, the the mental illness that that Nick Blanco you know suffers from came yeah. through in his art, and I you know I think that's probably true of a lot of artists. <clears throat> you know, I don't <clears throat> I don't know whether Pusshead himself like has any you know mental issues or not. I don't I don't have any idea. But you don't produce that kind of work when you're just a super happy, secure, normal. Person. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you
1: know, and, and by no means is that a slam. I love Pusshead's work, and and he's always been absolutely wonderful to me. Yeah. But I I feel like you're coming from like a place where you see the world differently. And absolutely. Certainly, certainly that's true about Pettybone. So, you know, like that stuff. As as much as I would also like, you know, try and emulate some of their styles. Yeah. That's not where my brain was, you know, right. my brain was kind of in the same place that Brian Walsby was in that, you know, we both grew up with Mad Magazine and, you know, Cracked and comic books and cartoons, and we're just going, cool, I can do fairly good characters of people. So why don't I, you know, do these funny drawings that, you know, make Bill Stevenson look like a, an ogre or the missing link?
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It sounds like, you know, that's more of where I was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can. T- I, I love it, man. It's great. It, it to me, it, it it's just as important. the 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 artists, uh, they they were just as important as the the musicians and the fanzine writers and you know the, all the people, everybody. It all it all c- came together and, and it became this thing that we you didn't have to reach out to anybody on the outside. You just always knew somebody that could. If you couldn't do it yourself or somebody in your band couldn't do it, then you always had a friend that could do it, and that that was always a a special <coughs> a special thing. I thought what um what other what other bands have you done so you you do a lot of stuff that's like the um, bifocal uh, mm-hmm. puts out these great these great t-shirts you've done a ton of those right who who have you done like what band what other bands have you done i know what? uh the da- did you do the uh, something for the damned
1: i've done a few things damned,
0: yeah
1: yeah um stuff for the damned blink 182 right? Devo, Lemonheads, heads bismarcky adolescents
0: circle jerks
1: circle yeah i mean you know just the list goes on everybody
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And
1: the the uh, bifocal thing was really kind of cool because you know going back to brian wallsby brian was working with charles who runs bifocal and said hey you know would you be interested in doing this and you know he kind of told me how how charles runs his business and um i was like Meh. I don't know. I I don't know this guy, and and he was like, dude, I I've worked with him for a while. Charles is really reputable, and it's all very legitimate. People are going to get paid, and you know, it's it's going to be more like an an artistic take on doing stuff. So it wouldn't be like normal merch. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess I could try that. And um, so I think the the Ian Mackay one that you're wearing was was the first one, or at least one of the very very first ones that I had done with bifocal, and um. It was so weird cuz I had done that that Sharpie drawing and I was like, "Well, what the heck? Let me just reach out to Ian and and see what he says." You know, cuz <laughs> I was like, he's never ever, you know, says, "All right, here's an Embrace shirt and here's a Fugazi." Like he doesn't do that. But I thought this is just a drawing of him. Yeah. Maybe we'll go for it. And so I wrote up this, you know, this you know, email to him, sent it off and kind of crossed my fingers. And um, really quickly, I heard back from him and he was like, if this is something that will help promote you as an artist, yes, I will do it. However, I will not promote it at all. And any of the money that would be going to me has to be donated to a charity of your choosing. And I was like, and it's, I mean, it's so ian that was you know because he he didn't want to disappoint me and say no and and kind of squash like an artistic endeavor but yeah. he wanted to make sure that his end of it would be handled in a way that he felt good about yeah. and the fact that he agreed to it was incredible to me and i mean i am so grateful to that and and yeah
0: Stuck to his word. It's a big you know, deal, man. It's a big yeah. deal. You know, he's, a, he's, yeah. Good, good, and it's good. a great, I mean, it's one of my favorite shirts. I love it so much. And, I, you know, you instantly know, you just know. Oh, who, yeah. You know who it is. Who you know. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what, you know, I don't know. What have you, you you played music for a while. You were in a. You've been in bands. What what's the um? Is that kind of a thing of the past? Or are you just sort of like not that crazy about the idea? Or are you?
1: Well, you know, I will a... occasionally I'll occasionally do stuff at punk rock karaoke. Um, you know, Stan and and uh, and Greg usually cajole me into doing something, and I'm happy to do that. Um, right. But that was like Steve Soto would would always be like, Hey Chris, you gonna do something with us tonight? Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, Steve. Well, what? What songs don't people usually do that you would like to play? And he was like, well, I love Suspect Device, but people usually don't pick it. And I go, then we'll do Suspect Device, you know, or whatever. I, I, you know, I I do that occasionally. And anytime Channel 3 are in town, I've become kind of like the default Maria Montoya from You Make Me Feel Cheap. So I do... (laughs) I do the backing vocals on that and which I always look forward to cuz you know how could you say no to Channel 3.
0: Yeah, and the um, sweetest guys, man. They're oh, so nice.
1: Absolutely. And great so,
0: band. Underrated, uh, highly underrated I think in my
1: highly, opinion. highly. Um so I only do that and and I really don't have any aspirations of of doing anything beyond that but in high school we had a beyond evil Knievel rice or EPR <laughs> for short cuz you got to have a 3 3 you know initial band right? Name. Yeah, we were EKR, and that was great. I mean, I that was that was definitely my favorite of the bands that I've ever done.
0: EKR, and, no, that was a high school band.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was I was a, a senior. Our drummer was a junior. Um, our bass player was a senior, and our guitar player had just graduated. And um, it was great. You know, like none of us really knew how to play anything very well. We kind of like learned on the fly, like you do. And right. it was so much fun. I mean, we we recorded a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, and um, it was it was just fun. You know, it was just kids doing stuff with absolutely no hope of it ever going anywhere. Yeah. You know, then it did i mean we we actually recorded stuff and put out a single and and then when we moved uh i say we because three of those guys in the band wound up moving to denver also um we were in bands together when we were in colorado and mm-hmm. um you know i i did a band called pilot car i did a band called size well and those were you know both those bands lasted for a few years and we wound up playing a you know,
0: bunch of shows and- any releases with those bands did you ever put anything out
1: um, Pilot Car had put out a split single. No, Pilot Car put out a a, a regular, just uh, R, R single. And um, then Sizewell had put out a split record with another Denver band called the Amirs. And um, that, that was really it.
0: I'm looking up uh, Pilot Car right now. I'm pilot
1: car was the band that opened for 510 when you guys came through
0: right yeah yeah and i i know, i i'm on disc discogs and i i realized yeah. i could i could pick pick up the seven inch <laughs> very cheaply because nobody wants it well you know hey i under i know that all too well there's a lot of my stuff but, you know it's always like a few years back i wanted i realized there was a couple things that i had been involved with that i didn't have copies of and i'm like yeah. i i want them but i i i know how to go about doing it and someone's just go go check out discogs because i'd look up on ebay and it was like you know but discogs has been great i've been able to find a lot of my stuff that nobody else wants but i can find for really super cheap so uh. and
1: some of that stuff is great it's uh, speaking of 510 like oh my gosh that and i I, so i was writing um reviews for a local uh denver music paper the hooligan Uh and hooligan uh had like I guess it was like '94. You'd know better than I would. It was like '94 '95 when mm-hmm. um, the Five Ten album came out, and that was one of my picks for the year. Wow! I had I had written this this glowing review, <laughs> of it, and I had written a review for uh, Out the Shizzy, and the, the people who who ran, who again were like, "I don't know, that's a weird record," and I was like, "It is, but." Here's why it's really good. And and I remember like going to bat for the record and going, listen, they are changing. They are going into these different directions even still, but it's, it's great songwriting. And there's some really good songs that are kind of like introspective. That that are not like anything that's been done before for them. And yeah. you can't deny the fact that, you know, music in general was changing at that time. So of course, it's going to change. But yeah, I, I had written some things about records that probably on disc cogs are, are going to be fairly easy to find. And, yeah. and- all that much but i love them and i i mean i still stand by those records oh
0: thank yeah. you thank you i do too i do too i'm looking at the the, the pilot card re- record pilot card record it looks like this was 64 of a thousand made yeah, i should so. and, and 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 there was like a little best movie i saw in 93 and it gave you the option what to write it out and and <laughs> so you know what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> yeah we we wrote oh my god we we put we had gotten like you know those um the uh I guess MTV had done MTV Wraps cards and they had done Headbangers ball cards and stuff like that. We got a bunch of them at the flea market really, really, really cheap. So every release, we had that stuff in there and we wrote on all of them.
0: Okay. Every
1: record, we like opened up the flap and wrote something on. Yeah. And then it, this was kind of something that like I thought was really clever and I know it's not. But when you had the the flap in the back, that, the you know, the plastic flap, we put a pilot car sticker over it so mm-hmm. you literally had to destroy it to get into it oh, but yeah. we did and you got in there was a pilot car sticker in there so every every release came with a sticker and it came with a random mtv wraps or handbagger's ball card and then there were handwritten messages by everybody from the band on the inside right. so that- we were all about like- It's pretty, pretty sharp.
0: Good. It's a cool looking record, man. Did you do all the, did, did you do it? Did you lay it at, did. the It's yeah, great. So, I like it. The vinyl is a really neat color. And, thank you. Yeah. The,
1: the inside, there's, there's a the little booklet. that's a really weird size. It's like, I mean, it looks like one of those, um, you know, little propaganda like religious pamphlets that you like, would yeah, have
0: yeah, yeah, like the uh, what's that?
1: It's
0: really weird. Ch- something chick. What was the Jack Chicklay Chick or something? Or Jack Chick was it? Jack Chick was the yeah, you're talking about the little mini? Yeah, the little miniatures. That's- yeah, I think it was Ooh, Jack Chick. I want to say Jack Chick. So, or something. chick. The,
1: it's like this ridiculous little little mini zine thing that you know i i did all the hand lettering for the songs and you know it's
0: really cool looking yeah. yeah yeah
1: it was it was one of those things that i just thought well we need to have like a really cool release and um and it i mean it, it looked really good and i mean nobody's heard it but uh it was it was really fun it was i i loved that band i i loved all the bands that i did but that was a really fun one too and yeah. that was that was our bass player from evil kenevil rice was playing in that band and -hmm. then right at the tail end um the guitar player for evil kenevil rice moved to denver joined the band as second guitar player and then we broke up and then our guitar player stuck with us when we did size well and so Mm -hmm. you know i've I've worked with guys from high school in both of those bands Mm yeah well done,
0: man. Well done. What other record? Do you have any other vinyl? I, I, could, I could go look up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's this fun for? Is this fun for anybody else? Um, yeah. I mean, well, I,
0: you know, I've done. By the way, I don't care if it's fun for anybody else. This isn't about anybody oh, else. Cool. It's all Please, about Maya uh, Entertainment.
1: Um. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I've, I've done, you know, backing vocals on stuff like on, you know, leave a light on. I mean, that's I have- right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's been other things here and there, but you know, nothing, nothing really too major. Oh, it's- I know. Here's one that's great. Like people don't know this. So on what is it? I think it's on. I think it's. It's not on Mass Nerd area. It must be on Problematic. I think it's on All's Problematic album. The song "She Broke My Dick." <laughs> uh, there's there's a part at the end. Where this fake doctor says, You don't mind if I leave the needle, in, you don't mind if I leave the needle in while I prepare the cortisone. I mm. think is is the line. But when when all we're working on it, Bill calls me up and he just goes, Hey Chris, I, I want, I want to, I want to have you come up to the studio. I want you to do something. And I was like, Okay, what? And he goes, I, I want you to do backing like vocal on something. I said, Okay so he told me what it was and i said yeah sure i can do that so um i was like but you have to credit me as dr jackie von cracky oh,
0: so funny! Not
1: credited to me at all i credited- see it
0: dr yeah. jackie von cracky yeah yeah uh that's funny
1: okay. so Why-
0: how come you didn't want to you didn't want the you didn't want the legit credit you just wanted to you just wanted to. Well, I,
1: I figured okay. Look, I did the cover for the record, so I don't want to be obnoxious and like have like two things in there. Right. The I'm. I that was like a pseudonym that I would I would refer to my brother and anybody else as as Jack <laughs> um Then if it was like the full name, it was Jackie Von Cracky. So we thought it would be really funny that okay, well, I'm Jackie Von Cracky. It was just like Dale Nixon. It was like a good pseudonym. that- right you could put in there and work yeah
0: it. yeah you know, I, I i occasionally i'd think about wanting to do that kind of stuff or like somebody would ask me to do something i'd think like i want to come up with a cool name and then i can use it for other things and i I'd, I'd always at the last minute and like go ahead and use well
1: dale nixon is is up for grabs because um it was so funny i remember when dag Nasty's four on the floor came out and it says guitars dale nixon right and there were some people that were like do you really think they got somebody from Black Flag to to play on the record? And I was like, "No. Dale Nixon is Brian Baker. He was under contract with Bad Religion and couldn't do something as Brian Baker."
0: Ah, uh, that's that it, explains it. I didn't know I didn't know that.
1: Pseudonym and I was like, "That's brilliant. So anybody can use that." And I I thought that was the coolest thing ever.
0: That is it is cool. And I, I I remember seeing that and I'm like, is it because it was Greg Ginn used that first stuff, right? It was yes, right.
1: Greg, yeah. Base on my war is credited to Dale Nixon because mm. Greg, Greg played bass on that record and, and essentially just played the base version of the guitar on it. So right. yeah, it's, it's Dale Nixon.
0: Well, I just did a search, a domain search, just because I was thinking, look, if I can get Dale then I might use it for some future stuff. But it's taken. I mean, somebody's using Dale Nixon Yeah,
1: again. <laughs> yeah
0: it's parked you know it's parked it's not being used somebody is yeah. like uh, what do they call that cyber squatting you know what's it called it's like uh when you when you grab it for a while people grab grab oh, yeah. somebody did that with seven seconds.com i had it for years i remember that oh yeah we what? lost it because i didn't pay i just didn't i wasn't looking at bill we were on the road and i wasn't looking at the bills i was getting and we lost it and it ended up becoming like, and that, and I think they somebody reached out and said, "Oh, for fifty thousand dollars, you could have it back." And I was like, "Fuck you." Um, so all right, well, what, um, what's 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 coming up? What's coming up in the future? What do you got going on? Uh, okay. we're gonna we're gonna watch uh we're gonna watch um French Connection at some point. Maybe yeah. the next ten years. And no, no, no. Uh... we're going
1: to do that soon. I feel like because like now that Lori's show is done and January is almost over, it feels like you know like things have really opened up again. And mm-hmm. actually, I told a lot of people like January is going to be a crazy time for me. So February time, get back in touch with me. So there's a lot of bands that have been waiting on artwork and and now I'm waiting to hear from them. They just need to get back in touch with me. Yeah. But, um. I'm I'm working on, I have to do that this weekend slash early next week. Um, some uh, coffee bag designs for Rad Coffees out of Upland. They've paired up with Punk Rock Bowling this year as the official coffee sponsor for Punk Rock Bowling. Uh-huh. They're going to do a Punk Rock Bowling blend that I'm doing the artwork for. So I'm going to do cool. a bag design and like a t-shirt or whatever. But all the artwork is going to kind of like go along with looking like it's, you know, like maybe a punk rock flyer type thing. So I I have that to do, which is that that's kind of a pretty big, important one. And I feel like there was some other bands that were kind of like waiting on things, I guess, I guess I just need to hear back from them. And usually, when punk rock bowling starts really getting going with things in early January, um, usually Todd Huber, who does the art ended things is getting in touch with me saying, hey, we got another club show. And, would you mind doing something for that? Because I I did a one of the posters for one of the club shows already, mm-hmm. and, um, which they haven't announced yet. So uh, I'm sure I got more stuff to come with that.
0: Are you? Have you? Have you gone to every punk rock bowling ever?
1: No, no. I I the first one I went to was in 2011 when Descendants first played, okay. and, and you know Steve Soto had been trying to get me to go before, but. There was a time when it wasn't during the summertime. It was. It was more in like you know. I want to say like March. Um, no, I, that is when they're doing. Maybe it was in. I I don't know. It it wasn't during the time that you know the Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, and I was always like. I don't know. I'm not really much of a bowler. And, and it, you know, it was early on. It was, it was very, you know, BYO centric bands. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, I hadn't gone. So when Descendants played, I was like, yes, I'm going to be there. And immediately, you know, I fell in love with the, the festival itself and mm-hmm. like, just the whole workings of it. I mean, you know, for me, that's like one of my favorite things out of the year. Yeah. Um, so 2011 was when I first started going, and I've only missed, I think, one since then.
0: Wow. That's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, been, you've seen some. I, I've played a few times, but I don't think I've just gone. I don't. I, I haven't just gone. You don't like that stuff. I you mean, yeah. That. I see. It's it's like knowing you're there and and and, and some our, some of our friends are there would make would be the the best part of it for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But the, you know, I can, I can, but I can start to do the. I can try to weigh the the options, and then I realize that I would walking around. I start to get grumpy, and oh, you know I what know. I mean. Like
1: it's. I've like, there with you. I know. I know. I, I I know.
0: know. Yeah, but.
1: but I think about like the it's not dead fest and you know when i had that that art booth thing there like that was really fun because you were stuck there and so it was great to have you at the booth too and you know we were all able to just hang out because i didn't i mean i only saw two bands i think i think i saw descendants and um dickies and that was it Mm -hmm. so just like hanging out and just being able to just be together at something like that was really really fun.
0: Yeah, it's I I love the going out for food and coffee and, and oh yeah, hanging on the on the strip and just talking shit. That's probably my favorite part. Like then it's like oh that's right we gotta go we gotta go go CTSOL or whatever you know it's like right, right, it's, right, it's, right. it's almost second you know yeah it, it it's a it's a spectacle you know I remember. You know, just thinking, I love, I, you know, I always get excited about it. every year. I see, I see that when they start to tease with the f- shows and, but then I'm like, I don't know, it's in Vegas and it's th- four days or it's four days, right? Is it three, four days, four?
1: Yeah. Cause it's, well, they, I mean, they'll they'll get started on like a Thursday, but Friday's really where things kind of right. more kicked off and then Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. So, I mean, it's, I guess it's five days maybe.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's always fun. A lot of fun. Um, hey, I want to ask you what was the worst job you ever had? Can can you think of that real quick? Yes,
1: and it and in term okay. So the two part question.
0: You told so, me. Well, you told me some interesting things last time we talked. But yeah, I, yeah. I did. I did.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, right outside of high school, I I worked in kind of like a can. Well, there there was one where I worked in kind of like a Target. It was our base PX BX, and um that. That was bad in that like our our supervisor was very difficult and it was an early morning stock boy so I was I was up at 4:30 in the morning and working and I mean it wasn't it wasn't bad it was just menial labor and it wasn't really very interesting when I came back uh in January I I, I quit the job cuz like we weren't very happy with it and my brother and I were having donuts at our lunch break and we were like man it'd be so much better if we could just go to a record store right now he was like let's do it let's just march in We'll march marching and we'll both quit like right now and i went right. cool let's do it so we did we marched in and we quit and that was great and then um i got hired in january to work in like a convenience store on the base too and that was awful because my manager was was bonkers and um that was not enjoyable at all but i was working still as a stock boy and those menial labor jobs were like okay well i don't want to do that anymore and um so i I figured i needed to get like an education and and you know try and elevate myself a little bit Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so while i was getting an education and and doing all that i i wound up meeting lori and when i finally started teaching we had one summer where her family was was doing um, they were they were building machines that treat industrial wastewater. and they were doing a lot of work in the oil fields in in Wyoming and in Idaho. And so we we were invited to come on up and work in the oil fields. And by no means was that like a, a bad job in that I worked with bad people or whatever, but it was it was hard work you know, being in the oil fields and and physically having to be in these water pits and digging out these filtration systems and cleaning them. That it sounds I mean, awful. It was gross, but yeah. I mean, it was working for Lori's parents and that was great. And oftentimes Lori was there with me and that was great, but it was hard work. It was really long hours and it was relentless. Like yeah. I'll never, forget—we we had worked all day and we got back at dinner time, And, um, she said, uh, okay, after dinner, you guys got to go out to another one of the sites that's 200 miles away. And we, I mean, again, we had worked a full day. So I went, all right, well, let me just get something to eat for dinner and let's, let's get in the van and let's take off again. And we just took off and like, that's so like in my mind that always programmed in like 200 miles is three hours, you know, like as you're driving. Yeah. So that's always like my, th- that was where that came from. And we'd get there and we'd have to be at work. And, you know, sometimes it was a matter of like watching the um, machinery through the night. And so maybe every three hours we had to check on things. So it was hard. It was yeah. really hard. And I, I, I think I fractured my ankle that summer, but we were in the middle of Wyoming and there weren't really many places we could go. So I put my boot on and Went right back out to work, and I was like, <laughs> "I'll lace up my boots tighter, and hopefully it'll not
0: hurt." <laughs> oh man, it just sounds awful. Like it how long, how long it did you do that for? Just the summer, you yeah, know. Summer, yeah. but like
1: you know, I got done. I was like, "Damn i I worked in the oil fields all summer, and it's that's
0: pretty amazing." Yeah.
1: Very, very different, you know, environment, you know, we talked about this before, but it, it gave me a, like a deeper appreciation for, of mice and men. And like that whole bunkhouse mentality of just like, just these, these dudes that are just doing this physical labor that's, that's just rough. And like the camaraderie and solitude that you have in the presence of these guys it was like every morning, you know, you get up and you'd have this big breakfast together and nobody's really talking, you know, everybody's just like
0: prepping in their heads for what there's about to happen. Yeah, so
1: that, yeah. Was, that was
0: weird. It was weird. Every that sounds like when I when I had this for a, a, a construction job for for just a couple months and we built a house from start to finish. And I just wanted to do it just to say down the road, hey, I helped build this house out in Lemon Valley, yeah. Nevada. But it was exactly that. I we'd, we'd all meet up super early in the morning. I'd even have a car. My friend would have to pick me up. We'd meet this little cafe, eat. Everybody was just kind of getting prepared for it. And then there'd be the long drive out to the where the site was. And it was just you and your co, the guys that you worked with and for eight, 10 hours. Yep. And the only entertainment would be like they, somebody would bring a radio and play whatever top 40 station. I, oh, I remember got a radio. Yeah. We didn't really yeah. Got that. <laughs> to this day, when I hear, um, running, uh, running on empty Jackson Brown, yeah. Yeah. he had a live version that was a hit um and there were like key songs that if i hear it i'll always go back to this just being out in the middle of just freezing cold temperatures knowing that i had a fear of heights and they'd say like kevin you got to go up on the roof you know once we got it fixed and i'm like or built and i'm like i i'm gonna i i'm gonna die i know i'm gonna you know, but uh but i got to it i made it to the very end and then i said take this job and shove it <laughs>
1: oh, but doesn't that i mean doesn't that feel really good when you know that you're, you're facing something that's going to be difficult and you just go, you know what?
0: It does. It does. I mean, I, I like to say, oh, I don't care about that kind of stuff. But yeah, if I we, do, you know, I it, care about that,
1: you know? Yeah,
0: it yeah. it is, I, it I, is important because I've quit on a lot of jobs. Just I've, yeah. I've worked and just said I'm done. And I, got, I, I did have some regret where I'm like, eh, I could have hung in there a little bit longer, you know? but, but, but- what? You know, well, but- I needed a paycheck. That was the biggest. Oh thing. yeah,
1: <laughs> there's that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's nice to be able to like finish, go from start to finish, and you can kind of have this little, even just quiet pride that you you got through it. And
1: oh, it. well, for me, I'm always like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel guy. Mm. Always, always, and I'm going. You know what? I know it's difficult these next three years. But after that, and, and as long as I know that that light at the end of the tunnel is coming, yeah, virtually anything and, and not really mind doing it so much either.
0: You know, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: think, I think I'm, I'm pretty good like that. I, you know, I like you have a really, really good work ethic and am very driven by, by what I'm doing. And I. I know it's so cliched, but I I always feel like any job worth doing is worth doing well. So do the do the absolute best that you can, and just like push on through.
0: I I agree. I'm my work ethic though is is really fueled by if I'm super passionate about something, that's when it kicks in. If it's something that I know I I have to do because I just need to make a paycheck. I kind of go back and forth with it. Sometimes there is a principle of it and I'm like, no, just do it. It's good for you. You're, you know, but then there's times where I just can't, if it's really my like soul sucking work, like where you, you, you like, you realize I was talking to somebody recently about being a dishwasher. I've always loved that job and, and it's not a great job. It rarely pays good, but, and it is just, you're doing the same thing. It's there's never an end to it. You just, you get done, got everything all clean. And then next thing you know, there's this, you know, trays of dirty dishes, but that's the kind of job where I would always get really fired up to just do a really good job. And and sometimes they'd like the boss would say, Well, we could hire another person if you need help, but you're doing such a good job. I'm like, I don't need another person. Let me just take, you know, yeah. weird pride over being like the guy that could do the job of two people, you know, like well,
1: just- but I have that weird pride too. It's like when I was working with with Lori's parents, they were like, if you don't tell him talking about me if you don't tell him he can't lift that or move that he won't realize that he can't (laughs) so i was always just like yes you know by no means am i tough but but i will get the job done and there's like this pride that like i did something that was difficult yeah like you know like working and doing all that dishes stuff and knowing that it was only you that was doing it
0: you can it's it. isn't, isn't that funny. I just <laughs> um I just replaced our toilet seat cover has been loose forever since we so like right after we moved into the house that we're living in. Okay. It just has been sort of loose and become looser. Now, I I I could have gone and bought it and got and l- researched it, but in my mind it was like Oh my God! It means I have to like go back there and, and unscrew things, and, and I, it just I it terrified me. I finally did it. We also were we were gifted at Christmas. Our friends uh, Danielle and and Fish gave us a um, <laughs> a bidet. You know the little oh uh, finally. Connection finally good
1: and it's changed your life right we've had
0: it since we've had it since december oh, you been, put it in. actually i think they gave it to us before december oh. it, sat, it sat in the box brand new just sitting there on top of uh the, the our doggy crate so yeah. i would see it every time i walked by it and finally i just got the wild hair like uh two weeks ago i'm like i'm okay i gotta go get a new seat cover or you know lid and then i gotta figure out how to do this it's life-changing I, is, I told you I know I, we
1: had this conversation
0: I know I, and I know. told you'll you we'll never go back I use it even when I don't have to use the bathroom I just go in there and just you know <laughs> hold it. no it's it's amazing and 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 and, and it, 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 but it pisses me off that it took me that long to like but what I was gonna say is when I was done <laughs> I, I, I was at work there's nobody to beam about it I was like really proud I'm like I did' if you call me I will be happy like trust me I will get stoked. I should have. I know you would. And I should, I didn't even think about that, but I was so proud. And I'm like, I texted Al and I'm like, uh, we got a bidet and it works like, and, and she was, she was proud of me, but I'm like, how sad is that? Like, and I, I think I said like, that's the manliest thing I've done in months. Like that's the most, that's like the most like, all right, I'll, let me take care of it, honey. I'll do it.
1: Need I remind you how this (laughs) podcast started and I'm bragging about putting in pins on the van. (laughs) It's the same thing. but it's i mean it's true and like trust me i know what you're talking about because i'm looking right now at this bathroom uh light that i got lori for christmas last year
0: yeah that
1: is is you know it's one of the ones that that it, it's got an exhaust fan on it so it'll suck the the hot air out of the the bathroom yeah we haven't put that up since last i don't i don't mean like christmas that was like a month ago right you're in a, a month ago wow Right there.
0: So let yeah. me know. I can come by. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you're just too lazy to do it, Chris, I'll come by. Uh, you know what it reminds me of is the Breaking Bad episode where Walt goes out and gets the, he finally replaces the water tank and then he really gets into it. He replaces the rot and stuff like that. Yes. I, I always, I kind of was like, but he had
1: time to because he was That's done a good job. Yeah. So it's all yeah. about like, w- when can you have time? And like that was the thing. Like we just, and I'm looking at it right now and like, going, <laughs> You know, we got to get to that. And then it was, look, when Lori's art show is done, we're going to get to it. And then it was like, this weekend's full and this weekend's full. Because I have to get up in the attic and, and you know, install it from there and mm-hmm. some pipe work and stuff. And it'll be fine. And yeah. we definitely are going to do it in, in February. But I understand. Yeah. I mean, the exact yeah. same thing.
0: It's awesome. Well, on that note, I think we've we've kind of discussed all we needed. Is there anything you'd like to say to my hopefully uh, growing audience at, at the at, by the time it comes out?
1: Yeah, I you know I do. Um, I part of part of why I'm doing what I'm doing and as involved in music and stuff as I am is is 100% thanks to you. And I know this is going to be the stuff you're going to want to edit out, but it's it's absolutely true. And I know I've told you this before, but like getting into teaching in particular is is really because listening to, you know, very um Positive, like lyrics about change and like wanting to do stuff and looking out for other people. It got me in that mindset of okay, well, then what job can I do that's going to help serve that purpose? And that was teaching, and it, it is in in direct response to a lot of the music that I listened to, just wanting me to to think we we can make things better. So where do you start? sure you have to start with kids?
0: I think that's amazing and it's true and I and I Al and I just had this conversation because she didn't grow up like a punk rock person she got into it later but she's always had this sort of mentality that kind of goes right along with when we all started getting into stuff and we had this sense of independence and sense of like not do-gooders so much but just like wanting to contribute and make at least a little world around us a little bit better and at the very least not add to the crap that that yeah. we, we all can can add to if we if we let ourselves and um it, it there's i talking with bessie last night my friend Jay, do you know jason Traeger? have you guys ever met do you know not face to face i mean we've we've been in we've been in touch with each other uh, i mean talking about a great punk rock artist i don't know if you're familiar oh, with his work but- i am He's and I and just fine art like his own stuff, it's fine art stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, but just talking with all these people, friends of mine that I've known for so long, um, it, it's easy to go. You know, so when we were kind of doing the punk, we were doing part of the punk scene, a hardcore scene. But it really was just it, it dawns on me just how much the the people that I cherish in my life, that I really want to stay close to. Um, Everybody has that same thread, you know, like they're, and they're doing, like uh, so many of my friends are teachers. It actually makes me envious and it makes me go, you know, I, I really kind of wish I could have been, I could have, I would have tried my hand at teaching because I could imagine how but, it's but frustrating.
1: Yeah. I know? mean, not, not in the traditional sense, but you did. And you yeah. can, I mean, ask, Thank you. ask Ray Capo, I'm um, yeah, ask poor sell, ask what <laughs> they will tell you the exact same thing that that there mm-hmm. was a lot to learn from and and not just you, but like the whole SST work ethic and, and oh yeah, yeah. Like that stuff is embedded in my DNA at this
0: absolutely point
1: and i've taken that into my classroom and not only to to become a teacher but also the environment that i've created within my classes and the drama department in general like what do i want how do i want to affect change on kids where they can take that with them and then help to affect change in whatever career they wind up doing yeah that all comes that comes from people that have been teaching in a non-traditional
0: sense i hear what you're doing. saying and i agree and i and i feel like i've i've uh i was a student i've been a student i still am to, to yeah, oh yeah, you know yeah. to learning about things that at some point in my life i i just never thought i'd ever have the courage or the the wits to 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 tackle it and then when you're doing it you're just like oh i'm doing this i'm i'm at, you know i'm adding to the that so but thank you just as well and and i and also you know just uh, i i try and tell my all my friends that are parents you know and you meet their kids and they're amazing kids you I always want to I always make this note to say I want to tell I want to thank them more for creating a good or good human beings oh, for the future yeah. because man you know think of the, 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 the that could go wrong so quickly you know yeah. and 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 then it's not just like this is what we're stuck with, but it's what society kind of has to do with. If, if you have a kid that goes bad and I- embraces all the darkness and the negativity and stuff, who knows what they're capable of doing in, in, in an awful way. So, so thank you, you and Lori, for being amazing parents and, and, well, and yeah. bringing so in the-
1: incredible, but you're right. I mean, I, I see so many kids in my classes that if they've got a good head on their shoulders, chances are there there's a good, parent or parents in the picture for sure that want to make sure that things are going well for their kids. I mean, it's, it doesn't just happen from nowhere. No, And, you know, I feel like we've got to spread it. You know, you, you've got to, you know, kind of like get something good and then, you know, continue to perpetuate that, you know, with your kids and, and not like do as I say, not as I do, but lead by example. Right. And go, like, if you really want to be, and it's, it's so cool. Cause like, I've noticed that Sam has picked up on a lot of the generosity that Lori and I bestow on whomever, you know, Absolutely. whether that, you know friends that are like in, in, you know, actual need of like financial help or somebody that just needs emotional help. You know, they just need somebody to talk to, or, you know, they need an escape or whatever. Sam does the exact same thing with his friends. That's
0: awesome.
1: Listens and he, he does. And I mean, that makes me feel good because it's like, all right, he's going to carry that on and the people that are in his life, he's going to be affecting. And that is where that spread it comes from for me is like, okay. we can, we can all be a part of making society a better place rather than just, you know, being beat down by it and just going, all right, I'm going to accept that it's, it's terrible. It it could be, but I'm going to, it's not
0: yeah i agree and i and, and i I think maybe as i get older i'm realizing that it is, is there are times when i really do f- just feel like why do i give a shit you know but i i do know why i give a shit and 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 i can only hope that i, I will continue to give a shit and you know I'll, of all the generous wonderful things that you've shared and given to me and bestowed upon me uh turning me on to uh well-done grilled cheese sandwiches, it, like oh, the, yeah. slightly, I mean, that might be one of the biggest ones. If I could figure out a way to give you an award for that, I would, I would do that. I, I know, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that's very insider-ish now. Nobody really know. is. People are going, what are you talking about? <laughs> this, but try it. Something? Don't, don't, it? don't, don't sleep on it. Try it. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I'm sure people are like, yeah, Kevin, we get it. It's really <laughs> good. We already know. <laughs> well my friend I love you very much I'm always uh, I, I, I always appreciate that we get to uh, hang out and, and and it's always better in person but uh, this oh, is yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. and like I said I wanted I wanted immediately I wanted to get you in on this as soon as as soon as we could make it happen and and just a disclaimer we did this we did the um, we, <laughs> we did, did it, it and, and it the was great. run it was great but I don't even think I told you this I I watched it and listened to it and I felt so nervous, like, because, you know, it's weird when you're talking with somebody who, you know, oh, very yeah. closely and, and you've had these conversations already, like very seamlessly, but then it's like, there's this weird formality involved. And I, and, and, and I'm trying to make this warm, keep it warm and friendly and stuff. But I, I was like, I could do better. I could do better. I, Chris, I owe Chris a better hosting and so you, know what, uh,
1: you didn't get into Chris Farley territory, so that was cool. No, not yet. But remember yeah, when I'm he always... do that where he's just like, so you remember when you're <laughs> in the Beatles?
0: That was cool. Yes. But yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was one of the reasons that I sort of avoided the idea of wanting to do a, a, a an interview podcast because I thought I can. I've done interviews with people for zines and oh, wow. I've done a million interviews as the interviewee, but I just was like
1: no conversation
0: oh. yeah it's fun and, and and i hope that it i hope me. i'd love to just be able to maintain that throughout the whole thing um well so i don't know we'll have to hang out very soon, soon oh yeah this out.
1: weekend's packed um yeah on this weekend i'm you know things are looking pretty good for us so okay. yeah, well it's very 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 soon
0: all right we need some coffee and food and oh, yeah. hang out and uh all right my friend well much love to you and <laughs> uh we'll 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 talk soon
1: Okay, (laughs) thanks,
0: Kevin. All right, Chris, thanks.